and welcome to That Tech Pod, where we discuss all things e-discovery, cybersecurity, data privacy, and tech innovations. I'm Gabby Schulte, and you know what? I know a little bit about technology. And I'm Laura Milstein, and I know almost everything about technology at this point. Super confident today, Laura. I love it. Um, well, even though you know everything, um, I still don't. So who are we talking to today? Today we have two guests. I know, take that in for a moment. Two guests, and they live in Australia. And for them, it is 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. So special shout out to them for being incredible. Because for me, it's 2 p.m. on a Friday. And for Gabby, it's 5 p.m. on a Friday. So we thought it was rough for us. It's definitely worse for them. But anyway, without further ado, big moment, everyone. Brace yourselves. We have a new Kukar on the show today, who is the 2022 Global Power 100 Women in Cyber and 2021 winner, Australia's IT Security Champion. She is passionate about paving a way to support professionals from diverse skills, skilled backgrounds to contribute in cyber. To achieve this, she's driving a global campaign switch to cyber. Uh, I could dive into her bio a lot more, but I'm actually going to also introduce her brother, who we're going to get to talk to as well, who kind of introduced her to an extent from what I hear rumor on the streets into the industry. So her brother, Samit Kukar, is a global speaker, panelist, and podcast guest covering topics on cybersecurity, education, hacking, risks, just basically everything. But what's most important to me about him is that he is the CEO and founder of Aracena, which is awesome. And we're really excited to hear more about their company and them. And so, you know, welcome to the show, team. Morning. Morning. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Good morning. <laughs> so, Anus Samit, we are so excited for you guys to be joining us today. Uh, you have a very interesting story. So we want to just dive into that. Uh, basically, uh, Anu, tell, tell us how, you know, you kind of switched gears and sort of fell in to cyber. And, um, you know, Samit, after that, you know, feel free to jump in and sort of just tell us your journey. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely interesting. So I'll um, uh, I'll kick off and say, so I am a chartered accountant uh, and so in the US uh, CPA, I think it's uh, called, Certified Practicing Accountants. And um, I started my career, I, I kind of go, my career was from A to C. So I didn't go backwards in school. That's not what's happening to me. I'm going from grades A to C. No, um, I'm an accountant who is now a cyber professional. And so over my career of 20 years, I started off in um, tax accounting. Then I moved into uh, governance, risk, compliance, audit. Um, I've done, then moved into more things like supply chain, risk innovation. Um, Then went into emerging tech, like artificial intelligence, machine learning and data and then eventually making the full-fledged switch into cyber. Um, Each of those roles have had elements of cyber, but um, it's very much been um, switching over the years. And um, I really attribute my brother to getting me into cyber. He was my cyber buddy um, throughout the years. So um, on the weekends after work, just because I had so much spare time on top of my day job and my hobbies, that I would bug him to actually 
um, teach me and um, show me the practical side. And um, I'll let him share a bit more of what he did, but it was certainly, it was to overcome one of the challenges, which I'll share a bit more about um, that I was facing, but certainly being a very uh, unique um, journey into cyber, not a straight switch. It's been a series of mini steps for me. Okay, I just have to jump in real quick. So as an accountant that then also like got into cyber, my whole the whole time you we were talking, my brain was like, okay, so during tax season, you should just hack in and be like, oh, you're getting audited because then you're using both of your skills. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably, <I> love it. <laughs> probably irrelevant. Are you also an accountant, Sumit? Uh, yes, that's correct. So um, my sister was actually my CA buddy. So CA here is oh, like the CPA equivalent over there. So um, yeah, so she actually got me through the Chartered Accountants program and um, helped me develop my own business acumen, if you could say. And so I think she's attributing a bit too much to me in terms of the cyber side. I think um, she's the one that's um, been a good helping hand in terms of my career. So I guess in terms of my side, I would... Um, People actually say that mine, my journey has been more of a compass. So on the north side, I'm a chartered accountant. On the south side, I'm actually a certified ethical hacker. So I guess, Laura, that goes to your um, hacking component. But, there um, it not, is. Not, not for those purposes, <laughs> I can assure you, ethical being the key word. We did have someone uh, live hack us on the show once. Yeah, we were like, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then <laughs> we were like, prove it to us. We give you permission on the air and then he did. And we were like, okay, we win. Okay, you're legit. <laughs> and we're going to oh, wow. still air this. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, look, we won't do any lab um, <laughs> sessions today. <laughs> and um, yeah, look, on the east side, I've been in uh, various industry and consulting roles. I've been in from chief risk officer for the financial services sector. And on the west side, I actually used to teach four disciplines of science at the university. And don't ask how they all mix or you know, how they're all interrelated. I mean, they're on the far ends of the whole spectrum. But what it did do was it prompted everyone to actually come up to me and ask, how is it, Sumit, that you can move from one side into a whole different area and a whole different career and actually excel in it? And, you know, like as in just you don't need to be starting from scratch all over again. How do you just, you know, power through? And that got me thinking, well, if everyone else is facing this problem, especially in the cyber um, related field, that prompted me to actually go and start up Aracena, which in essence is cyber for non-techies. So you might be aware that, look, there's all these degrees, all these um, diplomas, all these certifications, all these learning programs in terms of cybersecurity, um, and which are great for building knowledge and building that, you know, um, skill set up in terms of this is knowledge, this is awareness, this is what it means. But what we're focusing on is, well, how do you actually apply that? How do you apply that cyber knowledge in a work-related environment, like with work outcomes? Because at the end of the day, being able to do the work outcome is what gets you paid a salary, right? It's what gets you paid um, for your job. So hence the reason why we focus on those work outcomes and actually do, how do you practically do this at work? 
I just want you guys to know that I'm very perturbed having you on here because I have a brother. He's a lawyer, and he did not <laughs> encourage me to go to law school. He did not do it with me, and I also didn't encourage him to do anything tech-related. So you guys are an inspiration, and I'm going to call him after this and be like, we really messed up. We really don't. <laughs> we ruined our chances. <laughs> no, don't be, don't be too quick on making that call because we, like, didn't um, – We've ended up at the same place but taken different journeys. And so you couldn't actually have predicted this back then, um, honestly. When I was getting those shoeboxes with the receipts to do tax <laughs> returns, I didn't sit there and go, one day I'll be a cyber professional. Like that was not what Are happened. Are you sure you didn't like wake up and you were like, you know what, great receipt, but like cyber. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good, but no, that didn't happen. <laughs> Well, you both have, as you said, you're at the same place, but you have sort of different uh, facets that I really, really want to get into. But first, maybe Anu, we can kind of start with you. I really want to learn a little bit more about, you know, this uh, sort of change in career that you had. And then you sort of now are really focused on helping people with more diverse backgrounds get into cyber, which is something that we hear a lot about, you know, the people that we have on that are um, cyber focused are very interested in more people joining the field and more people kind of um, becoming interested in, in getting into it. So tell us a little bit more about that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, having switched careers and really found my home um, in cyber um, where I'm continuously learning as well, like continuously learning throughout, it's kind of part of it. But where it came to is, so yes, I did do um, accounting and a technology major back in university, but technology changes so fast if you don't keep up to date. So that lifelong learning is so important. But what really struck me was um, coming into cyber and all the other roles, you need people with diverse backgrounds, like the skills, because um, it's so broad. Like cyber is not just the techie with the hoodie sitting there in the corner uh, hacking stuff. Um, we've actually got a fundamental problem worldwide that we don't have enough cyber professionals and if I take a moment and step back and go part of my um, day job is around helping organizations that are transforming um, that are either looking at um, um, take, undertaking a digital cloud transformation or just a business transformation and when you look at that we're looking at every aspect of our lives becoming more digital and the COVID pandemic has really highlighted that you then start going, well, if everything's going digital, we're increasing our cyber exposure, it makes sense that we need more cyber professionals. And when you look at the stats, it's like ransomware is increasing uh, triple fold. You've got um, more organisation getting attacked and we've got a skill shortage. I think um, 2022, they're predicting close to 2 million in cyber um, skill shortage worldwide. And coming into cyber, I can see if you've got a marketing background, you've got an accounting background, you've got uh, governance, you've got um, design thinking skills, all those skills we need to help design and protect businesses. Um, and we need those different mindsets because the individuals are bringing different ideas. It's not like the criminals just think one way all the time. They're coming up with new ideas. We need to think of new ideas. 
Um, and so um, when I received the award at the 2021 Australian um, Security Awards Ceremony, I was sharing my story on the podium as part of my acceptance speech, as you do in the two minutes that you're given. And I kind of went, well, I was lucky I had my brother as my cyber buddy who would, as he was saying, show me those practical tips um, and show me how to do it because I was reading a lot, but he showed me. And I said to people in the room, if you want more diversity, if you want different people like with skills and things, you've got to take some people under your wing. And so I gave everyone, 500 people in the room, the challenge that when we meet at the end of 2022, I wanted everyone to come back and say that they'd taken two people under the wing. And so at the minimum, a thousand people from different backgrounds would have been transferred into cyber in Australia. That's that's so interesting. And actually, I have a quick follow-up question. So why is it do you think there's such a shortage? Because in my mind, I mean, cyber seems really cool. It seems like, you know, very interesting. Um, it seems like there's so many facets. It seems like a growing uh, industry. So what is it? What's What's the hiccup there? Can I also just jump in here? Gabby, cyber seems so cool. I love you so much, Gabby. (laughs) And everyone who's listening, she's really excited. I know. That's why I want the listeners to know. Like, she means it. She means it. (laughs) I look, I I agree. I mean, that should be the tagline. That should be it. Cyber is so cool. Like, seriously, that you could just be the marketing spokesperson for global cyber profession. Look, I think I think there's some multiple challenges um, if we think about the skills shortage. Uh, I think it comes down on multiple levels. There is obviously the um, the knowledge, the language. Like you need to understand that. Um, you then need to also um, uh, understand how to apply it. Like which is where I was lucky. I had my brother. How do you apply it so that you can actually do the job? Like. I love playing tennis, but reading a textbook and watching YouTubes ain't going to make me play tennis any better. So until I get on court, have a coach or a buddy that I hit with every week, is that going to be better? So I think there is a language and you need to upskill. So we really, you do, you do need to invest time. It's not like just easy, like anything in life. You need to spend the time learning. You need to get the practical practice um, and understand how to do it. Otherwise, how do you get paid that salary? Um, I also think um, if I think back, how well is cyber as a profession well known? Um, What are the domains and opportunities in it? I certainly 20 years ago probably didn't know that there was a career in cyber. And as I've gotten in, like, cyber risk, cyber governance, cyber marketing, cyber communication. There are so many different roles. It's not just the techie roles. So I think there's this perception perhaps that it's only techie roles, but there are also non-techie roles. But I'm interested, what do you observe? That's probably my top three observations. Well, I was just going to add, like, I mean, with playing tennis, you can at least practice with a brick wall, but you can't do that in cyber. (laughs) (laughs) not yet not yet in that in that sense is that you need real world scenarios to actually do things and and get in there and get your your hands dirty right yeah yeah 
Um, I have a question for you specific, Samit, and buckle in, buckle in. So when we talk cyber, I think people get excited because they're like hacking. There's something crazy. Some creepers coming out at night, throwing his black hood on and he's going to break in. And then you have other people that are rolling their eyes right now. And they're like, actually, it's just an annoying phishing email. And I'm like, those are bad too. But I think cyber crime is really, um, as Gabby said, it's cool in a really horrible, and it's my podcast here with Gabby, so I can cuss, but it's fucked up, straightforward. It's fucked up because you think about like child pornography soliciting through cyber crime, drug trafficking, uh, prostitution through cyber. Like you don't think prostitution and cyber, but like those crimes are very linked. And so my question is not relevant to those statements, but instead it's relevant to when you said ethical hacking. I'm wondering, can you describe that? What does that mean? Is that like you're you're stopping the prostitutes on cyber or the cyber crimes, etc.? Or is that just like separate? That's cyber crime and ethical hacking is actually your account has been hacked and I'm going like what what is that? Um no, it's a good question. I think in a nutshell, um it comes down to one word, permission. So, like you mentioned before, you had someone... Wait, um, submit, submit is that the prostitution part or is that the <laughs> cyber part, just so we know no, what we're No, the, about. the hacking, the hacking part. So, permission <laughs> in terms of... We don't support or, or yeah. go against any bring of these you things. Anywhere. You choose your, your own path. <laughs> no, no. So, I think, um, like you were mentioning before, um, where you had a, another ethical hacker on the show as well and you gave them permission, go and go ahead and find a vulnerability. Uh, that's what we're always taught. I mean, so before you start off um, down that pathway, the key differentiator is where an organization is giving you permission and saying, okay, please test this. And you try and um, penetrate that network or you try and break down a control um, and then report back on it, back on it and say, look, this is where the vulnerability is. This is how I exploited it. Um, and this is what you should do to actually um, protect yourself. That would be ethical. And you're taking it through either, you know, with the um, tech team up to the executive team or presenting that at your board risk or uh, board committee uh, level as well, uh, or at your board audit committee as well. And that, I think, kind of, getting permission is what differentiates someone from being an ethical hacker to just being a hacker because well a hacker could be you know a script kitty or someone that's just doing something for fun or someone that's getting involved in cybercrime like the examples you mentioned laura or someone that could be um uh, i don't know doing something with a malicious intent hey look i actually want to um, break this system and create havoc in I don't know, a certain industry or whatever it may be. So those, I think, those threat agents and the, how can I say, the motivations behind it are what probably are normally seen as that hacking field. But the ethical component is, I think, where we would draw the line in terms of permission, You're gaining permission from the organization first. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it kind of brings me to back to your company, um, Ericina, you know, cyber for non-techies, because for me, I feel like sometimes 
you know, being somebody who we mentioned it at the top of the show, we're very clear, at least I am, Laura is a lot more confident, but I don't know that much about technology. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I am the one on the show that isn't, doesn't have a technology background. Um, so sometimes when we're talking about these things, I'm realizing that there's, um, something is maybe a hack that I didn't even realize that is a hack. So mm-hmm. what, what are some of the goals that you want with Aracena? Like, is it, you want to spread awareness for protection to, uh, kind of people to be, op- uh, to be aware of certain vulnerabilities. Um, so j- talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, I think there's some good points to touch on. I'll go one or maybe two steps ahead and just jump right down to the point of uh, it would be more than just the awareness. Um, The whole goal of it is to build that capability. So while my sister was mentioning that capacity issue in terms of, look, there's this many vacancies, how do you actually fill that capacity? Aracena's goal is to fill it with capability. I mean, if there is a capacity to do so, it's the it's the skills gap. It's the capability that we need to develop in order to fulfill that capacity. So while it's all good in terms of the awareness and knowing, okay, this is, this is what a hack is, this is what the tech component is, this is all that, that's great. But how do you actually go about applying it? How do you actually go about in, you know, putting that into place, putting that into practice? So if I give you a few examples, um, a lot of the things that we do focus with Aracena is, so say like non-techies, say your risk professionals or your compliance or your governance professionals or um, or even your tech professionals, but that need to actually be able to communicate that cyber program to the board or to the executive committee. These are all big capability gaps. Yes, there might be an awareness that this needs to be done, but how do you go about doing it? So a lot of people come up about and ask, well, how do I actually um, translate those cyber attack vectors into cyber risks? And how does that then turn into a risk appetite statement that the board actually governs um, from the top? How do I make sure that I can actually build and develop a cyber, um, cyber governance framework? And how do I actually run it in my organization How do I oversee this as an executive, as a C-suite level? How do I do that? Well, what about at a management level? How do I run an incident response management plan? But how do I integrate it with a disaster recovery? Um, So these are all things where it's not just someone in IT that needs to do it. Just with those four or five examples, I've already touched about what the board needs to do and how they need to upskill. What about all the C-suite and the executive level? How do they actually need to govern this at the top? What about your management level? How do they oversee these programs? And at your junior, your analyst, your senior analyst level or senior associate level, how do you go about executing these on the ground? So here I've already touched on four or five different levels, but they're all talking about the capabilities that are required of each of those levels. And that's irrespective of any industry that you're in. And again, it all comes down and circles back. Um, so Gabby, like you were mentioning, um, is it just the awareness? It's going one step above that. The goal is definitely build the capability because it's that capability that plugs in the capacity gap or the skills gap. And I think I'll add, I can yeah. say from personal experience, I needed that, I guess, 
call it confidence or or being able to say in an interview that I haven't just done a certification and I know the knowledge. I've got some practical experience because I've done some portfolio example work with Sumit or he was kind enough to give up his weekends with me. Um, And for me, it gave me, and I don't know whether this is a gender thing or just a human nature thing, but it gave me that confidence. And whilst I was doing some elements of cyber integrating it into my roles, doing special projects, et cetera. You kind of, you know, when you get into an interview and they ask you, and so how would you do this? Or tell me about a time when you've done that. If you haven't worked in cyber, how do you say that? Like for me, that's probably Gabby coming back to your question before. What's the challenge? Maybe that's another challenge. Do you guys think, do you guys think that Gabby could get into cyber right now? She's, she said she's she thinks cyber is cool and she doesn't Absolutely. have the tech background. Sh- should she switch I mean, to cyber? I thought yes. she already wanted them. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for the uh, the vote of confidence, guys. I'm, I'm I thought you mentioned that, that, that Laura was the techie and Gabby was the non-techie, but you're both in cyber. <laughs> um, well. So I, I work in media so I, I'm, I'm the sort of, you know, in podcasting, producing, so I make sure the, the podcasts go up and they're edited. Don't tell them too much, Gabby. They're going to hack right into you. I know. <laughs> that, I'm, I'm, like, so positive that I have, like, 7 million vulnerabilities. Like, it's just... We're going we're gonna to patch those up real quick. out there. It's almost... I, 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 it's too overwhelming to really handle right now but (laughs) and laura definitely has more of the tech um background but um no i i think that's a really good point it's like and i think that goes to like a lot of industries too it's like how do you really (laughs) say that you would do something if you've never really had that experience to do it and i think Mm -hmm. um i think it's really cool that you guys are you know trying to bring those experiences to people in a more accessible way um, so I kind of wanted to ask, you know, what, um, you know, Anu, I, you kind of, um, you know, you work uh, with emerging tech a lot and, and consulting. And so I wanted to sort of ask, and Samid, feel free to jump in after that, like, what do you think people should be looking out for in terms of trends in cyber, um, maybe five years down the road, uh, you know, what, what do you think you want people to have on their radar in, in terms of that? That's a really good question. Um, I generally look at around five to seven trends um, when I'm talking to different clients and organizations. Um, but I would pick, I'd pick two things over the next five years. I'd be going anywhere that you're changing your business or your um, uh, business model. Like, and so right now and over the next few years, transformation of enterprises is critical. Like it is, they're changing the technology they're using, they're changing the processes, they're changing the way they interface with customers, the supply chain. So anywhere that you've got change in your organisation, you need to think about your cyber risks and new threats coming through. That That is just number one. And the number two as a bonus is just um, emerging tech. Like, right, it, it started with um, robotic process automation, RPA, 
we were going through this automation. We're now seeing a pickup in um, artificial intelligence. Now that's predicted to now be the next mainstream and machine learning. Like people have been dappling with it. We're then talking about the fact that quantum has made some headways and we expect that over the next decade. Internet of things have really progressed. So if these technologies become mainstream, we really need to get on top of the kind of security risks that they pose. Right now, everyone is talking about and moving to the cloud. So I'm going to have some on-prem, going to move something to the cloud. Hence, the concept of cloud security is such a big thing. So rather than just saying cloud security, I think number one, cyber is Think about anything that's changing in the organization and things will continuously change in some dimension. And then the different emerging texts that are coming through, we really need to be on top of the vulnerabilities, the threats, um, the kind of um, opportunities for criminals to hack in. You guys are scaring me. Like aggressively, I'm scared. So with that, I would I would hope that that's inspiring more people to go. Oh, if no, I, I mean, there's oh, some inspiration there. There's <laughs> may, may, maybe yeah, but it, but it's more of like it should motivate you to be like, I need to make sure I'm protected. I need to do those things. But sometimes, you know, fear sells. Look at marketing campaigns. They're like, it's not happiness. People are like, oh, you're so happy with that soup. I'm not eat that soup and then someone's scared and they're like uh, i could freeze to death where is that soup you know something uh <laughs> clearly that's a great campaign for soup but I, i'm hungry right now as you could tell and clearly <laughs> soup is on my mind um but for summer i don't i don't know what my problem is i love soup i love soup all year round um you know anyway. what? there's a nice like summer squash soup i'm a little hungry too anyway <laughs> Um, So anyway, for last question, and then we promise we will let you guys get back to sleep or starting your day and we will go eat soup on our end. Uh, Scare us. I'm already scared. So let's stay on topic with that. Can you guys think of like a horror story or a horror incident or something just like just really that's going to just fucking traumatize everyone listening and me like I want to wake up in the night and be like my server like that. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. For me, I think it's, I would say, not an actual event or incident. I think um, for me, the stat around if there is 1.8 million cyber skills shortage, that means how many organizations right now, therefore, cannot adequately secure and protect themselves? If we've got 1.8 million vacancies, that to me is scary. That means our critical infrastructure, water, energy, internet, those kind of food supply chain, they are vulnerable. That's the scary fact for me. That is honestly scary. Sumit? Um, it's interesting. I was thinking of um, just taking that along. And I mean, first I was going to touch on maybe the ransomware stats, um, but uh, and the amount that's actually increasing. But then I thought, well, just to mix it up, how about we go with um, uh, an event that actually happened? So in terms of the um, uh, health sector, and this is pre-COVID, um, I think a year or two before COVID, where in terms of a lot of, um, they were running on outdated Windows XP um, systems. 
And the amount of ransomware that travelled through um, uh, health records and hospitals and um, the healthcare system across parts of Asia and Europe, and uh, they all got crippled and actually had to resort to pen and paper. Oh my! The way God. the way a worm just went through, like from yeah, pretty much weaseled its way through and just infested everything. Um, now that, um, I don't know if I can say post-COVID, but given the whole COVID pandemic that's happened and the amount of effort that's been in terms of, okay, well, whom has been immunised, the vaccines, have they gone out, um, whom has actually had um, the vaccination done or whom hasn't, um, are you checking into places? Everything's being digital, like the QR check-in codes, um, have you been to this place? And then, you know, the contact tracing. Think about how much health information has now been digitized. And how much did we learn from last time? Uh, I mean, given the whole COVID pandemic happening, it was everything was a knee jerk reaction, right? Um, my question to, um, I guess, all of us here and I guess the whole audience that's listening. Um, whether you're within the health industry or health sector or not, think about how much has digitized from that event till now and how quickly everything was done. And when something is done that quickly, how much was the process thought out about in terms of um, protecting um, the data and actually instilling cybersecurity controls? And if you're doing such a rushed job, were they actually done, tested um, appropriately, or are they being done now? If your answer is no, um, I'll leave you with that as your scary thought. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> These are all horrifying. I mean, pretty scary, honestly. No, I, I think those are great examples. Um, you know, the supply chain thing is actually... It, it seems, like, so mundane because we, we those sort of, sort of things, like, we, we don't really think about it you know like somehow there's food in my grocery store you know like or or whatever and you know at least me i i don't always think about uh you know if if another ransomware attack happened in a meat processing plant how would that affect you know? don't bring up jb pulse again i'm not over <laughs> it i think about it a lot and i'm hungry yeah <laughs> all right well let's move away from food um but then again like yeah the the massive amount of uh medical data that is now digitized is just i, I can't even really begin to fathom like what that really means and what that's going to mean a couple years from now it is scary. Yeah. With that said, With that said uh, Gabby, <laughs> do you still think cyber is cool? Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool and scary. And for these examples, I think anyone interested should uh, think about it. You know, let's let's get some more. Step up. Step up. Walk past this fear and make the right choices. Well, uh, thank you both so much for coming on our show today, uh, especially at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. We greatly appreciate you. And to all our listeners out there, they're incredible. Like, if you have a sibling, reach out to them today. This is inspirational. Thank you, Laura and Gabby. It's great to be on the show. Thank you both. Uh, thanks for having us. love the cyber siblings i think they are both so unique in the fact that they are, came into both doing accounting and took two 
different paths to get to the same place. And you can tell that they both have such an intense passion for cyber and getting people more involved and, and bringing a diversity twist into what cyber really, really is and and informing people it's not too late to change your career. It's not too late to get in and, and to open people up to really looking at thinking outside the box. And, and you know, I think his non-tech approach is useful. I mean, it's, you know, tech for dummies, cyber for dummies. Is that, does that book, do you think that book exists, Gabby? Would you read it if it does? I'd wager to bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, um, I, I too would wager to bet it does. <laughs> I also want to know if um, there's a book called, Are You Cyber Curious? <gasps> Ooh, is that going to be the episode title? I think so. So if you're listening and this does turn out to be the episode, it happened right here happened from Gabby. Here. And if you listen, if, if you are cyber curious and you'd like more information on the cyber siblings on that tech pod or anything cyber, e-discovery, data privacy, tech innovation, or you just have a lot of feelings that you want to express to us, reach out to us at contact at thattechpod.com. Check us out on our website, www.thattechpod.com. Swing over to LinkedIn slash thattechpod. Teach us how to use Twitter or Instagram at thattechpod. Ooh, what a breather. Mm-hmm.